from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. say the exact same thing that I said at the outset of the last podcast, but I didn't want people to get confused and think they're listening to the same one, but uh, I don't want to do this live at all. (laughs) Week two, we squeezed something out of nothing last week. We did. And we've got nothing again. I mean nothing. Even though there's something, it's still nothing. (laughs) The big news, of course, is the Waz, not not the guy from the Apple. Uh, but uh, the Wizard of Oz. There you go. Oh man, I wish she wasn't retiring. We could have used that nickname. <laughs> Caroline Wozniacki is retiring. When oh, you... so she's done? Yeah, she's done. Except <laughs> she's decided to retire after the Australian Open, which I can't stand. Just get out, get out. It like I said when I first heard it, I thought it was she was going to play out the whole year, which is even worse. But I still am annoyed that it's I'm going to play three or four more tournaments, because you know she's going to play those lead-up tournaments. Um, it just annoys me. And I don't, I don't, what, really what I don't understand is why they do that to themselves. Because I would feel like that would be a crazy amount of pressure, which I guess it is if you know whether you announce it or not. Like, if you knew it was your last tournament, it's going to be pressure regardless. But... No, I think it definitely adds more, because if you don't tell anyone, it doesn't have to happen if you have an true. awful tournament. And also... I would be super motivated if I'm playing someone like I could be this person's last match ever if I win. Like, and I know people say you can't like players are either motivated or not, but even if they get an extra 1%, a 2%, I don't want to give them any motivation. Like Benjamin Becker is literally his only claim to fame is beating Andre Agassi in his final match. Not quite, but well, it's certainly one of his most <laughs> memorable moments, but is beating Wozniacki equivalent <laughs> to be, I mean, how dare you? To, I mean, Agassi's a. You waited little, a long time to get that in. Yes. He's a little bit different of a level than Wozniacki, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but it's going to motivate some crappy 150 in the world player who's not going to beat anyone in their career. <laughs> they could be like, man, I could be Wozniacki's. I didn't know last. Jack Sock was going to be playing Wozniacki. <laughs> no, he couldn't get into no. the women's draw. Yeah, either. I was going to say he couldn't end her career. Um, yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. No, uh, I just don't understand. By the way, he's going to beat me up one day. He's he- staging a comeback for 2020. <sighs> that and the Bill O'Reilly never get old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, I just don't understand. Like, why give your people, why you give your opponents any more motivation? Why put more pressure on yourself? Why give every reporter that's going to talk to you for the next three months, you know, the same question to ask? It's just, and like you said, it's a lie because if the tournament doesn't go the way she wants, it won't be the last tournament. Or if it goes very much like she wants, what if she right. wins it? Oh, I'm much better than I thought I was. Uh, but I don't know that that will matter because she's not quitting because she can't play anymore. At least what my interpretation was, she's quitting because she wants to do other things. So I don't think it's like, I don't think winning would make, think her, make her think, man. Plus she doesn't need the money. She's married to a pro athlete. 
Well, and she doesn't need the money herself. Right. She's, her, well, that's what her I mean. Career prize money, 34 mil. Yeah, an endorsement's probably How many more equal. years do you have to work to make $34 million? <laughs> don't, not a, We don't need to know. There's not enough lifetimes for me to make, <laughs> except for this podcast, of course. Right. I, if you don't count the podcast. Yeah. But no, I just, I've never liked the pre-retirement retirement. Remember how mad I got when Andy Murray announced his pre-retirement? And exactly what I said would happen would happen. I would say he's not, he didn't announce his retirement. He said he would retire if he can't play anymore. Right. And now he's playing. So... I like the Pete Sampras method, which I'm sure you do because you like everything about him, but I like the... Not his hair. I win it. His hair looks ridiculous. And the Brillo pad. Throughout but, his, not now that he's losing it, but I mean his entire career <laughs> looked ridiculous. But like win the tournament and then retire. Like there's no... To me, right. that's the ultimate. Uh, nothing else. Peyton Manning, same thing. I mean, there's a few people that have done it. Obviously, you got to win at an advanced age to do that, but even without that, I'm fine if you just lose your last match and say, hey, by the way, you won't see me again. I'm out. What also, how much money Although would you bet? Sampras did hang on. Um, he just didn't play anymore. Right. He didn't make the announcement for a while. Yeah. How, like, what are the odds that you, that, that is Wozniacki's last tournament ever? 100%. You think so? Yeah, because right when she said that, you know what I thought? I thought of you. <laughs> Why did I think of you? Can you Why guess? is he still playing? No. <laughs> hmm. He, she's so talented and so amazing. Why is she wasting her talents on just one thing when she could be doing many other things? That no. was the way you related to me? No. Because <laughs> you're always trying to stick babies in players. <laughs> Not physically. I was about to say, where's this going? <laughs> uh, I mean, your, your, your pre- bold prediction that Serena was going to have another baby. Yeah, that fell flat. Yeah, so I figured, you. hey, Wozniacki wants to retire. She just got married. Right. She wants to have a baby before she's 40. Now, the, the, we don't know about Serena. There was health issues there. She might have had more, but I don't think she's able to. I see. But all, you're off the hook. But Caroline, no, I mean I but I could see her even having a baby and then being the two, three years later coming back and playing for six months or a year. Oh, Wozniacki? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I didn't understand that's No, that, that's what I meant. I meant will she ever play again? I, will, I don't see her not ever playing again. Will she come back? Yes. Because they all do. Well, it depends. If the women's tour ever looks like the men, then why wouldn't she? Right. Why wouldn't she? Well, and we already have Kleisters coming back, so we actually got some pretty interesting storylines for with the women in Australia. But yeah, too bad we can't start talking about them until <laughs> January. But it would be funny. It would be int- I think how Kleisters does will impact other players whether they decide to come back or not. I think that always kind of sets the tone. If as good as she is, she comes back and she does well, and then she's forty-one or whatever she is. And then Wozniacki's thinking about it at 36, you know, I could see her doing it. Yeah. But she's also got the rheumatoid arthritis, so I don't know that, that she'll be able to play at a pro level right. in three to five years. Yeah, because I don't know that that's an overuse issue. I think that that type of arthritis occurs even if you stop. Right. I made all that up, but I think it's true. No, anyway. I think you're right on that, and I don't have any idea either. But, <laughs> um, but no, I think it's. By the way, I was going to look it up. <laughs> I, can't, there's, I can't even spell <laughs> rheumatoid or arthritis for that matter. <laughs> Call in if you know what. Uh, if you're a doctor, RH. That's I can start there. I'll there's make an it easier. M in a, in the, and there's an oid <laughs> in there. But yeah, I think it's 
I mean, it's an autoimmune thing, I think, that's similar to Venus. So I think it just, the consistency goes away, you know. And that's right. her whole game is consistency, too. She can't go out and blow somebody out in an hour on a good day. She has to battle for every match she plays, kind of like Halep. Yeah. Although I think she did say she wanted to keep running marathons, something, and if she's oh, good in Lord. good enough shape to run marathons, then she could certainly play on the tour. Hmm. Well, I mean, Kleischer's, we're still unsure about what her, you know, she kind mm -hmm. of sputtered a little bit in her return because of a knee injury, but. Let's say that Wozniacki had not won that slam. Would you have put her at the best female player ever not to win a slam? Oh, female player. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't know. Sorry, that was my Andy Murray. Um, it's always an interesting discussion, and now I feel like almost all the players that were in are on that list have won one. Right? Yeah, they're starting to clear the. Yeah, Dementieva was the one. The women's that was that label for a long time, but I don't know that she even got to number one. If she did, it was brief. Right. Same with Yankovic. Wozniacki just was number one for a couple years, so that was her and Safina. Um, but Safina wasn't at number one for nearly as long as Wozniacki was. Uh, yeah, I would have to put her, yeah, I would think that's true. But now that she's won, that she's not in that category, obviously. Yeah, but the what-if game. <laughs> um, yeah, because being number one twice, Yeah, that's something. And the men, you have a feel like a longer list of no but it's not best to not win it's like the mediocre to not right win. <laughs> well now yes but uh, yeah i feel like there's so many players now that you uh, could say that are amazing they have won a slam and never well but even historically i feel like there's a lot of there's better guys on the list than there are women on the, that list by the way she wozniacki is retiring after the australian from zero, which means it's as if she's not retiring to 100%. You're running around your living room screaming what's going to happen to women's <laughs> tennis. I'm at a one of panic. It does, it's yeah. not going to affect the WTA tour. No. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a fan, I, you know, whatever. I, I'd prefer she didn't retire, but it doesn't matter at all. Well, and that's the as we've talked about so often, but that's the beauty and the negative of the women's tour is that they can thrive losing a player, really almost any player. Serena may be the only exception, but the men's tour, you take away, you know, one of the top three and you feel like you're a big, a big void, but like the women's number one, there's a lot of unpredictability with the results anyway. So you're losing a lot of the top players first round of a slam anyway. So you feel sometimes feel like they're not there to begin with. And then you also just have injuries and things. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's not like it wouldn't be crazy for Wozniacki to not be in a slam or Halep to not be in a slam or Kvitova or something, you know, have, that happens every slam. One of them is missing. Right. A couple of years ago, you could say it was a big or bigger big loss, maybe. Yeah. But it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't like open the door for the rest of the, it's level. not a blip on the radar any overall. No. Because the depth is still there. And, and, and I'll, she, go ahead. I was gonna say she didn't have the type of game that was just gonna like, like certain players can catch fire and just roll through a slam. She was really not like that. She was just gonna be kind of workmanlike, and you kind of knew what you were gonna get. So I don't think anybody necessarily is gonna be more confident now that she's not in the draw. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, she's a tough out, obviously, yeah. but but I agree. If um, if Kleischer's comes back on the inverse of Wozniacki leaving, if Kleischer's comes back, to me also, that doesn't add anything to the WTA tour outside of just a bit of nostalgia. That's it. Because oh, I, totally. I was certainly a, a Kleister's fan. I mean, she seemingly, I don't know her, by the way, <laughs> um, but she seems like a nice person and and whatever and well-liked by players, et cetera, uh, and obviously talented. But I don't, I don't see the big impact on the tour at large. No, it's going to make that stadium fill up that day. Which is great. And I don't even know that that would necessarily get like national or international news. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like I don't see that headlining Sports Center if Australian Open isn't on ESPN. Conveniently, if it's on ESPN, then it then it'll be brought up. But I don't see that as like the top story of the day in sports, like it would be. You know, maybe if obviously Navratilova is older now, but if someone like that came back, that would be. That would dominate the news for that day. Right. Even Andy Murray, the, the first time he came back, I felt like it was pretty dominant in the news. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just because she's been gone longer or she's not American or what, but I'm like you. I think she's just going to be a name in the draw. And if she plays another unseated player the first round, it's not going to get that much attention. If she gets the crazy, you know, like the Halep Sharapova or gets that crazy first round, then it'll be a big deal. But then she'll probably lose, and it'll be over just like that. Well, and who's who's say who's to say she wouldn't lose against right. a wild card? Right. We don't know. She's, you know, coming back after I don't know, you know, several years out, and she's thirty six. I think that's why I like the first week of the Slam so much because you get those wild cards. No pun intended, but just the randomness of somebody playing you haven't seen in a while, or two players that have never played before, or you know, just age disparities and ranking disparities. It's just a weird kind of matchups, and every once in a while they surprise you with how they end up. Whereas when you get to the final 16, final eight, there's not very many surprises at that point, typically. Yeah. Even on the women's side, there's variety, Yeah, but not But shock. like you're going to have eight of the top 20 are going to be in there, or seven of the top 20, and then one random. Maybe, right. But the men, it's going to be, the, it's definitely going to be eight of the top 20. And three of the top three. <laughs> so, like, for me, I don't even get that into the last week of a slam. For that reason, I'm like, okay, I see these four matches in the quarters. I've already seen all four of these people play each other before. Um, Obviously, it matters now because it's new, but it's the first week to me is way more interesting because the storyline's like that. Like, Wozniacki, I will be interested in Wozniacki's matches because of this. Because I want to be able to say, as dumb as it is, I'd like to be able to say, oh yeah, I watched her last match. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't think it is, though. You would no, say no, that. No, I'm kidding. You would say that about Roethlisberger or I would, Peyton Matt was there he, for his last game. He doesn't play tennis. <laughs> he might, actually. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, well, yeah, I mean, you'd much rather see somebody during their prime, you would think, than see their last. But if you've never seen him before, you want to see their last, obviously. Yeah, so I do think you're right. Kleisters, I think, will spark some interest. And maybe attendance will be up a bit. Uh, but I don't think it'll be insane. No, and like you said, it won't change the landscape of the tour. 
And I think that's true. Even if she were to make it to the round of 16, it wouldn't change anything. If she makes the quarters, then maybe you could say it's going to have an impact, especially if she loses to somebody highly ranked. Well, the worst thing about all of it is when she wins the first round, then the talk will begin. Right. Because then, then you got a baseline of her bottom level, at least. Like she was good enough to beat 150. Right. So we know she's at least that good. And if she beats somebody in the second round, you know, it, it'll just, that'll be the talk, which is boring to me, honestly. Well, it's, and it's the same with Coco. Like she beat Venus, which was a good Coco, win. Coco Golf. Yeah, but she beat so many low ranked players. I got tired of hearing about, like, she's the superstar. I'm like, let's let's think about who she's beaten before we crown her. Right. And uh, we saw her play, you know, Halep and Osaka and how those worked out. But, uh... Well, she got to share the yeah. press conference with the winner. <laughs> um, but back to the Wozniacki thing, can you think of anyone ever who's announced their retirement before they won, like before they went out on top. Like, I don't think that's ever happened where somebody said, this is my last beforehand. And then they ended up winning. I'm not going to count Floyd Mayweather because he retires after every fight and that's then true. comes yeah. back. For, I mean, by plus boxing, it's one-on-one. So you got a 50, 50 shot. It's a little different. Well, not 50, 50, you walk in the ring. It won't be 50, 50, <laughs> but. but I'm thinking like you wouldn't ever hear a quarterback like, this is going to be my last year with the team. You know, last year in the league. Let's go. And if you and did, then win. Right. right. Well, and it, most of them wouldn't even say it, but if they did, that, the times that's happened and they've won, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, so in other words, what is she doing? Why is she telling everybody? Because, I mean, listen, there's other places in the world besides the U.S., I think. <laughs> and maybe other places care, but we certainly don't. Well, and maybe she wants the maybe she wants that extra media attention and sure, why not? Um, you know, she can probably she's probably getting a better endorsement deal out of it. That, yeah, because because by her announcing that, she will have more people watch her matches. That's a fact. Yeah, I would think that's true. So, who knows? Maybe we're the idiots, and she's doing that uh, <laughs> strategically and making more money off of it. Like I always say, players should do. So, more importantly, tied into this story, who do you want to retire? <laughs> we don't have that much time. Just <laughs> Just I'd like that's a great topic. We'd have a pretty small tour if that were. Uh, yes, exactly. If it's better but smaller, who cares? Well, I know we're not doing that top, but I, I have a controversial answer, which is the big three today. Oh, right, right. And I'm like, let's make the tour interesting again, because we would immediately reset everything, basically going into 2020. No, they all have to be tied. They're <laughs> yeah, exactly. all going to get tied with Grand Slam. Well, I really don't want, yeah, I don't want them to retire for that reason because I want Federer to at least get tied or surpassed. Right. Preferably surpassed because then all the Federer worshippers will have to come up with some other reason why he's the greatest. Yeah, they'll really have to figure it out. Well, he's got 20 and Djokovic has 21, but really Djokovic won three of those after Federer retired. So those really don't count. Even though Federer won seven of his before Djokovic was on the tour, you know, it's like. Right. That's what I can't wait for. What's going to become the new most important stat when it doesn't favor the person they want? <laughs> oh, and Rafa is just going to be the best because he works the hardest. <laughs> but there's a lot of women. I think we're we're fine with them retiring any at any point. 
They've been lingering around a lot. Yeah, but you know what? Like I've always said, you know, it it we don't sign contracts in tennis. So if if there's some youngster out there trying to make his or her way onto the tour and some older players hanging on and won't, you know, relinquish that quote unquote spot, too bad. You have the ability to take that spot. Right. And if you can't, you can't. Well, and I don't mean this question as an insult. It's no, going to sound no. insulting. But what is Venus waiting for to retire? How dare you? <laughs> like, what is, what, is, what is going to be the, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, but the turning point to make her say, okay, that's it. The nail in the coffin. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's, it's surely not like winning a slam. That's not happening. Because like, no. Well, I mean... Oddly enough, you never can tell, but. Yeah, she made what? The semis of 2018 U.S. Open? So, I mean, that was the closest she's been. I think she might have gone deep in that Australian right after that, too. In Wimbledon, there's always a chance. But I'm just thinking, like, and again, if she loves it and she's happy, then that's fine. I'm not one to tell someone we're in to retire, but I'm just curious, like, yeah. what is she... The finals of the Australian Open in 2017. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so that's been that's going to be about that's going to be three years next month right. since she's made a Grand Slam final. Um. Yeah, so that's just the, to me the interesting for some of these players because like like we've talked about this before like Roddick didn't want to be the guy he said that just hung around the tour and played without with knowing he had no chance to win. Well, putting in the amount of effort he put in to be at his level, I think was was what he said. Right, and so he went, but I think the comparison was always used at the time, which was Hewitt, who was you know toiling at sixty, seventy, eighty in the world, and he he played for another year or two, kind of at that level, and it didn't seem to you know didn't seem to affect him in terms of wanting to retire. So there's definitely two different categories there, but I'm just curious what Venus has he retired. Well, he he has from singles. I don't know if he he might still be just, playing some doubles. That was just an honor of curios. <laughs> um, Those Australian guys talk a lot of smack about their former patriarch, <laughs> and rightfully so, I guess. I don't know. I guess they have problems with how he, you know, how he is around the Davis Cup and tennis Australia, et cetera. But, well, in nineteen nineties to two thousands, Australia is a little bit like current U.S. Like, there's only so many top players you can use to captain these teams and run these, you know, kind of diplomatic duties. Like right. Hewitt's about the only one. He and Pat Rafter. Well, the only one to put up with all these idiots. Right. Because that's really what it boils down to. Because, like, the U.S. is, we're still having to go back to the 70s and 80s to get guys to run these things. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have Sampras and Agassi, but Courier and those guys. But imagine when we've got U.S. teams in 20 years, who's going to be captaining those? Isner and Query. <laughs> <laughs> Isner's your Labor Cup captain for 2035 for your Labor Cup coach, whatever they call it. Captain. <laughs> oh, oh, for Labor Cup? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I don't want to see that. <laughs> that's a new motivation to get American tennis better. Jack Sock coming out of retirement. <laughs> um, Yikes. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just funny how there's different philosophies on tour of like some players don't mind lingering around and, 
and fading and some want to be want to go out on top. I mean, I think everybody wants to go out on top. But I think even like someone like Venus, if she won the Australian, that would, she would, she would that just would say, enc- oh, well, that means I'm good enough to keep playing. That would encourage her. Exactly. Right. So I think that's always the, the hard part. Yeah, I, I, I'm, oddly enough, the way I look at football players is the same way I look at the tour players, which is odd because the tour players are individuals, right? whereas I'm a fan of the Steelers, not the individuals that make up that team. Now, I'm all excited when good players play for my squad and they help the Steelers win, right? and I appreciate their you know abilities, but... When they leave the team, I I'm done. I'm still, a, I'm still a Steelers fan, right? And I kind of feel the same way with tennis. I'm a tennis fan, not a Sampras fan. Although I am a Sampras fan, but you know, I wouldn't want him to come out of retirement. Well, what all. you mean by that is if if Sampras went and tried out for the Chicago Cubs tomorrow, you wouldn't really care. Oh, well, at least we'd have something to talk about. I hope, he does it. I hope he does do it tomorrow so we have but, I mean, a you podcast wouldn't, next week. You wouldn't care because it's Sampras. Right. You would care just because it's a weird sports story or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm a fan of tennis first. Right. And then a fan of individual players. That's why it doesn't bother me too much when a guy like Kyrgios acts like an idiot. Um, and it, it, it's not impressive when, you know, Roger Federer's a humanitarian. I mean, it is impressive right. in and of itself. But not as re- as it relates to him as a tennis player. Well, and we, you and I always have to take a step back too, because we've said we will watch any tournament, any Grand Slam. You know, it, if half the tour boycotted the Australian Open, we are still going to watch. It doesn't matter who plays. Right. And but we always have to every once in a while take a perspective and say, oh well, you know, this may not be as interesting to the general tennis public or the general public overall if these people aren't playing or this person retires or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only thing about Wozniacki retiring that sort of gets me is that she's a high quality player, works hard and all the rest of it. And so that is removed from the equation of tennis. But luckily it's, it's, we've, we've got you covered. Right. On the men's side. So you want all three of the big three to retire. That's, crazy talk because then <laughs> I really don't but well I don't because then we won't be proven right yeah because these guys have to win grand slams because then somebody their, will have to win <laughs> into their 40s to really I mean <laughs> if all three of them won a slam into their 40s there's no chance anybody can disagree with anything I'm saying about this being the weakest era yeah when they're playing guys in their athletic primes like 25 to 28 right um, and to be fair, it looks like it's slipping. Yeah. It, you, it's starting to look like it's slipping. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I feel like the start of the year is when these top guys are the most dominant. Like, remember we had Federer and all in the Australian final a couple of years ago, and Djokovic has dominated the Australian. So it'll be interesting to see if the supposed tide turning will still be evident in Australia. Well, again, Joker's younger. Right. So he should, and, and, you know, Rafa's a bit more beat up than the other two, I guess, but. Yeah, he played way too much in 2019. Um, I mean, in fact, that's probably the most he's played in the last seven or eight years. Let's clarify that. Your opinion is he played too much 
in order to maintain his level right. going forward because it's really his business how much he plays. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's going to hurt him going into 2020. Yeah. Because I think that even happened to Djokovic. Davis Cup, you know, that was hugely important to him. And Well, I think even Djokovic, that's what happened to him towards the end of the year. He played so much. And that's what Wozniacki, she was always one of those grinder players that played every tournament. I mean, that no offense, but that was the main reason she got to number one. Her job. Was that she was playing deep in every tournament. She, like, she was... I don't know that her win percentage in any year was ever better than Serena's, but she played double the amount of tournaments every year. Right. So, obviously, she won a slam. I'm not saying she was deserving of being number one, but it was a different way of being number one than a Federer or a Serena. She's going to do it by making the semis of every tournament, not winning seven tournaments a year. Yeah. Well, farewell, Caroline, the Waz. Good luck, <laughs> even though we're going to see you for the Australian Open Series. <laughs> and so, probably later. And prob- well, I don't think so. I think unless she wins it, no, I'm well. I mean, my for her comeback whenever oh, that happens. I see. So twenty, hmm. 2024, mother of two, <laughs> twenty twenty four. Yeah. All right. If that rheumatoid arthritis, which we have uh, fully diagnosed in a professional <laughs> manner, um, once we sp- could spell it, I still I didn't figure that out. <laughs> well, that is it. I mean, nothing. short and sweet. We've got. Nothing. And by the way, if we were using our new tennis schedule, we'd still have nothing. Yeah. Which is okay sometimes. Sure. That I did tell this somebody yesterday, and it was one of those hardcore tennis people, and they kind of tilted their head. I was like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if tennis had like a three-month off-season? And they were sort of like, I could tell they were like disappointed or didn't understand. Like, why would, why would you want no tennis for three months? <laughs> and I'm like, because that's how every major sport builds, you know, momentum for the next season. You got to have something. Um, you got to have some reason to want to come back. It's not right. just one week to the next. Right. So. Yeah. Saturation. Nobody. I, there's no. Which is one demand of. Demand being, you know, built in. Right. Which is one of many reasons the XFL is going to fail miserably. It, it will no matter what. But that is one of many reasons. <laughs> I. Uh, I closed down. My soundboard a little too early. No. <laughs> how dare you, I, how dare you <laughs> sir? Say even the mention XFL. them on a real sports podcast. No, say they're going to fail miserably. Oh. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to fail. It's going to be a disaster. But, uh, but team tennis would not be a, a disaster. Like I said, if you're a billionaire, call in. Let's get this thing rolling. I don't, I don't need a billionaire. Just a multimillionaire would be fine. Yeah, that'd be good. A couple. Let's start, start small and work our way yeah. up. Yeah. So if you have a hundred million or more, you can contact us. All right, we just hit the the time mark. We're good now. We can stop stalling. <laughs> All right. So Twitter, tennis rev pod, tennis rev pod. Um, that's at tennis rev pod, and then on uh, Instagram, tennis revolution pod. Again, I don't care. You already found us, so you know how to do that. So don't worry about using Twitter or Insta for that. But use it to share. Follow us on Instagram for no reason because we send nothing out, which should be a plus. And then, of course, retweet things that uh, mainly the episodes. Retweet those to all your friends. If you don't have any friends, get out there and make some so we can grow this doggone thing. Anything else? 
I think that's it. I, that was more than it. We, <laughs> this is the best job we've done. Thank yet. goodness for Wozniacki. Oh, thank you for quitting, Wozniacki. Thank, <laughs> thank you for announcing it three months early. Right. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye.